Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Sonia Gomez here coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Super excited to be here on another episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. It is our mission here to share and tell the stories of the incredible entrepreneurs who are pushing this industry forward on your behalf. It is all about having the absolute best products on the marketplace available to people just like yourselves so that you can truly experience the transformation that is possible through Mother Nature's medicines. If you are looking for products you can trust to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out on medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding entrepreneur looking for those little tips and tricks resources and relationships that you need to grow or break through that inevitable glass ceiling that you are hitting. If you are a part of this incredible movement, go ahead and check us out on the emeraldcircle.com. Super excited to be available to help you out. In today's episode, we are going to be meeting with yet another boss babe in the industry. This uh, Canapreneur or Kratompreneur is the vice president and co-owner of the CBD Kratom. Uh, Daphna Riva is responsible for the nationwide operations of the company's 31 retail stores, online shops, and wholesale brands. Her experience and leadership have been focused on company growth, outstanding customer service, and executing profitable business solutions in this incredible industry. And might I just say, as a woman CEO, super excited and very honored to have you on today. Daphna, what's going on? Not much. Thank you for inviting me to be on today. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored to have you on. Can't wait to hear your story. I I was just explaining to you that although I'm doing some marketing and some promotions for Kratom, and I've heard tons of transformational mm-hmm. stories, I hardly know much about it. So I'm really excited to pick your brain. Um, But before we do any of that stuff, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about who you are, what your background is, and how you got involved in this industry? Definitely. So I am the co-owner of CBD Kratom Shops. I co-own the business with my husband, David, and we have shops in St. Louis, Missouri, Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, and Chicago, Illinois. Um, so we do have 31 locations and we're still growing. We also are growing a wholesale department um, and products as well. So we're always working a lot. I started because my husband opened his first store in 2013. Um, and I had done other jobs before this that I had loved so much, but we really saw growth in the CBD Kratom business. And we decided to open the first um, store dedicated to CBD and Kratom in 2016 in Bucktown, Chicago. Um, so it's kind of been a wild ride since then. Um, as you know, so many things have been changing. They're always changing. Um, 
just this morning, we're like, what's going on with this part of the business? So I think for me, I um, have always really loved that it's changing. I think change is hard, but kind of being in this business and, you know, even in any, you know, budding industry, you see changes happening so fast and it's challenging, but it's also fun to know that not necessarily what you're doing today is what you're going to be doing in three months. Yeah. And you were telling, I mean, you got into this because your husband, but what were you doing before um, the Kratom and CBD craze? Right. So really he opened up a traditional head shop type store in 2013 Um, and you know, he kind of started going to trade shows in 2014 and started carrying CBD and both Kratom. And, you know, it started just being totally different individuals coming to shop at the store. Um, you know, CBD really appeals to so many individuals who have someone who unfortunately had an injury at a younger age in their twenties up to, someone like my grandma's best friend and you know they're 85 so you see that it's it's kind of just a different ethos in those types of stores so we decided you know we just kept growing that and as our stores grew you know we had one shelf with CBD and Kratom and then you know five and then it became half the store um so I was at actually the St. Louis Business Journal in 2016 and we were like we really want to take this we know what we can do with this store it really shouldn't be in a traditional head shop not that we obviously have nothing against traditional head shops at all it's just a different feel when you walk into a store um and you you really want to do what your customers are looking for yeah so we decided to open up the shop in Bucktown Chicago um we decided to open up in Chicago because it was honestly the biggest city near St. Louis and we were like where should we go um so now I kind of regret that in the winter time it's yeah. not so fun <laughs> to go up there but um that really kind of started what we were doing so you know I was working in my full-time job at the business journal Monday through Friday nine to five And then I would go home and help him with things or spend all weekend in Chicago with him working on the store. So it kind of became this tipping point where I was like, I'm either going to work 24 seven or I got to, you know, choose, you know, this family business. So that's kind of the direction that I went in. I loved my other positions. I learned so much from them. A lot of it was marketing. Um, So I think that really helped us as well as like, what, how we can market ourselves and be different. Yes, that's such a huge key. And I think a lot of companies have hit that as a pretty significant roadblock for their growth. Um, right. Obviously, with the changing times of the industry, that is um, not priority number one for them. Right? Yeah. I think compliance is a little bit higher on yeah. the totem pole right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I um, understand. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you do. So, but <laughs> let me let me hear a little bit about what sets your guys' store apart now. I love that it evolved from the traditional sort of head shop feel mm-hmm. into what it is now. Share with me a little bit about the key differentiators in your business. So our biggest thing is our um, experience in the store. 
So we have people that shop with us online. We have a great online presence, but really what we want is people to visit us in the store if they can. So we actually just had a training summit in our office. So we have a group of training managers in each city um, that train all the employees. So you don't get to stay with us if you can't pass the training. It generally takes about four weeks to do so. And I think that's very important because we want to know that if you go to our store in Houston, Texas and have a great experience, you're going to go to our store in Chicago and have that same experience. So though some of the stores may look different, you know, size and the city. So, you know, you have different things going on. um, We want to make sure that the information you're getting and the quality experience that you have is the same in each location. So I think that's the biggest thing that sets us apart because like you said, things are changing so fast that it's often hard to keep up and you got to keep in compliance and, and do the correct packaging. And even, you know, if, you know, I don't necessarily have as many regulations as like a THC product, we start trying to follow those same guidelines because we feel like they're coming down the pipeline sort of thing. Um, And if they're good for a THC product, why wouldn't they be good for a CBD product? So we have all those things in the back end. But that's why we really have this core group of like training managers and good general managers and just consistent efforts to make sure our training is on point. And honestly, we always train people, if you don't know the answer, let them know you don't know the answer, but we will get them the answer. So often, I feel like, People don't want to find the answer for someone else. And I don't, I don't like that strategy. I think that if we don't know the answer, we should try to find the answer and let that customer know why we didn't know the answer and what we can do to help. So, you know, just recently I was driving in my car and I got a call from one of my shops and I was like, why? It was just a random time. I was like, why are they calling me? And the person on the other line was like, hi, this is blah, blah, blah from CBD Kratom. I'm just giving you a call back. I found the thing you were looking for. And I was like, oh, I was like, you're calling Daphna. I was like, I think you're the right number. And she's like, oh, I did. I hit redial instead of this other one. So it was just nice to know that they really do call people back and help them and let them know that like, hey, we found this answer for you. So I think, you know, even if you don't have a chance to visit our store, you can see that with by just calling our store. Even the people who shop with us online, we have a really good online associate who, I mean, she spends all day like fielding calls and stuff. And so it's just... It's nice to know sometimes that there's just someone else on the other side that's trying to help you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that's the, that's like really at the core um, what made local business, local business so successful to start with and why so many people are advocating for that and trying to move back to that, you know, creating mm-hmm. that community type environment. I think with anything for a long time as as uh, commerce has been growing in the community and big box mm-hmm. stores are coming in, we're losing a lot of that commu- that that feeling of fam- familial or familiar um, yeah. community, right? So having stores like yours being open and available to offer right. that added support and connection is amazing. Um, 
obviously running a shop like yours is not rainbows and sunshine. And I want to get into, I want to get into the challenges that, you know, are inevitable as being a part of this industry. But for the, for the listeners who um, don't know much about Kratom, CBD obviously is this huge craze and even that is in its infancy, but Kratom is really creeping in to the mainstream right now. Can you give us the quick and dirty, what is Kratom? And how the heck okay. is it being used and why is it getting to be so popular? So Kratom is a plant from Southeast Asia. Um, it was used for thousands of years there. Um, it really came to be popular after the Vietnam War um, because individuals who had been over in Vietnam had seen locals using this plant called Kratom. Um, so it's essentially just the leaf of a tree um, and then farmers will take those leaves and then dry them um, and then grind them up into a powder, essentially. Um, oftentimes, people describe it as smelling like matcha tea, something like that. Um, it's pretty bitter. Um, so the kratom is part of the coffee family. So it's going to be very bitter. And traditionally, it was used for pain relief or energy. Uh, so most people you see, as you can probably see from our stores, were open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So when we have our first hour of customers, it's going to be a lot of those looking for Kratom. We have a lot of people who use it before they work out or before their day of work, kind of as a replacement for coffee um, yeah. because it does have those pain relieving qualities as well. It's kind of more appealing to those who want energy, but also may have, you know, some pain or something. So they'll do that. Um, I think the reason now you're seeing it a lot is that there has been controversy around it. Um, I won't shy away from that. I think it's important for people to always consult with their medical professional about everything, whether it be CBD or Kratom, um, especially if they're taking you know, other prescription medications or specific ailments. I think that's always really important. But we've seen a lot of um, individuals interested in Kratom because they don't necessarily want to use traditional medicine, whether it be prescription or not. So we often get a lot of people in store who are like, you know, I've been looking for kind of an alternative. I have this excruciating pain because I was in a car accident or because I've been doing construction for 30 years. Um, and, you know, I don't want to necessarily have to go see a doctor for this. I, I want to try something alternative. So I think as, you know, alternatives have risen in popularity, Kratom has risen as well. Um, so mainly you'll see people who are taking it for pain relief or who want energy. There's some that just give you energy, just like coffee. Um, most people take it in just that regular pure powder form. Um, you take about a teaspoon. So a lot of people will just put it into water and drink it or put it into a, um, any other type of drink or like a protein shake. You'll see a lot of people do that. Um, since it is very, very bitter, like I think it's very bitter, um, I would suggest using it in the gelatin capsules. It's just an easier way to take it so that you don't have to taste it. Um, so that's mainly what we sell in our stores is just pure Kratom, either in powder form or 
in the capsules. You'll see some other things here and there. Um, we have some pretty popular Kratom taffy. Um, I think that's just like a fun way to take in, you know, if you get tired of taking the powder every day sort of thing. Um, but mostly you'll see it just in that pure powder form. It's kind of just like a protein powder. And are you sourcing it directly out of Southeast Asia right now? So we do. Um, I know a lot of people do as well. I think a lot of times people were, a lot of things we run into is people being like, I can just, you know, buy this myself. And that's true. They could source it themselves, but you don't know the quality. You don't know if it's tested. Um, And unfortunately, because it is in, you know, a different area of the world, a lot of times people have been honestly scammed out of their money um, by purchasing this product. So we oftentimes have, you know, customers coming in, they're like, well, I bought some off of the internet, but it hasn't arrived. So I'm just going to get some here. And that's honestly how we met you know, some of our customers because they haven't been able to find a reliable vendor. Um, so they come into our store and they're like, you know, it may be convenience buying it online or something like that. So they did it. Um, and then they come to our store and they're like, wow, like I didn't know all of this about Kratom. I'm going to come back. So it's really interesting to see that because I think just, you know, retail wide, so many things have moved online and then, you see really how people, especially like for a wellness product like CBD or Kratom, they're like, well, I kind of still want the information. So I'm going to yeah. go to the store. So it's kind of been like, not necessarily the opposite because I still see a lot of it sold online. We still have a good online presence. But I think back to that, you know, in-store experience, there's kind of nothing like having that. You know, you kind of, I always tell people who call us, I'm like, you know what, just visit the store once and then you can order online. But you definitely want to visit it so you know what you want and and you just have more information to make a choice about what you're purchasing at the store. I couldn't agree more. You know, here's what I know about people, especially in this industry, cannabis, hemp, kratom, all the same to me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a relationship business. and. At the same time, people always want to be the one to get it for a better price, yeah. right? And, right. and so they're going to go out and they're going to try and find, like, get directly to the source or whatever. Right. They feel like, you know, somebody who's running a business retailing a product is, quote unquote, right. ripping them off. Um, right. And here's my thing is that go for it. Do mm-hmm. what I have done. Find <laughs> who I have found. Right. Go- I'll see you in five years. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. I think you and I have this same mentality about that. You know, so I we have those customers who prices everything. And, you know, sometimes I tell our employees, we can't, we can't just win that because I don't want to sell something that I don't think is a good product. Yeah. And sometimes that's what I run into. And I understand that you can see stuff on the internet for, you know, $10 for this, you know, 200 milligram CBD oil. And I'm like, I, it's simply impossible. And it's very hard for me to believe that that's good quality. So, you know, that that's a great example of someone that y- you want everyone to be welcome and everyone is welcome to our store, but sometimes you can't meet what someone is looking for. If they're th- just there to get a, 
get a good price and don't care about the quality of the product, we're probably not the right store for them because we only want to carry good quality products. Absolutely. I run into the same thing when I'm doing, you know, even services for marketing or whatever, because I work in a supportive role to help companies get more exposure, generate online sales consistently, right. so on and so forth. And they're always, there's always that one person who comes back and is like, well, somebody's offering it to me for this. And I'm like, right. go for it. Yeah. Like there's no, I have no object. As a matter of fact, I invite you to go. Right. <laughs> And pay and after less. we made some of those mistakes, yeah, yeah, we're like, we should have gone with that other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of how it goes. You gotta sometimes you just gotta learn from experience, and yeah. it sucks, but sometimes you just gotta be like, next time I'll know better. You know, yeah, exactly. And that's everybody's. I, I mean, I've gone through it myself. I've tried mm-hmm. to. And and I'm I'm super budget conscious too. Like I like right. I'm a very fair business person. Right. Um, and at the same time, like price is not going to be the reason why somebody comes to me. Why somebody right. comes to me is because I have proven results working with a specific set of products in a specific yeah. industry. And for those of you who are listening, the term that entrepreneurs will use for this is the riches are in the niches. You know, we work really super hard to make sure that we understand what we're selling and to whom we're selling and that the results we're promising are actually delivered. And Mm -hmm. so that's not true for everybody. And that's okay. You know, so um, when somebody comes to us, it's because, and and it sounds like a very similar experience in your store, it's going to be because they're willing and and more... um, more committed to getting the results than they are saving that extra two or three dollars. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So have to learn it yourself, you know, no matter what someone tells you, you're like, okay, I just need to do it myself. And then you'll know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see, I've definitely been watching the Kratom craze. I'm super (laughs) interested to see how it's integrating um, with CBD, I'm curious to know what is your criteria when you're bringing products into the store and do you offer like many different brands, um, Mm -hmm. or are they your, tell me a little bit about that landscape and how you're vetting products, bringing them into your store. Yeah. So it's a mixture. So for Kratom, it's really, we have to see, well, for everything, actually, we have to see lab results. And then we also conduct our own lab results. So I think that's a big thing as well, that you always want to do because, you know, you always want to be sure what you're selling is good. And then you also we have a really great buyer. um, And you kind of have to let them do their thing and go to as many trade shows and see what's out there because since both industries and all this, it's so fast moving. There's so much that comes out. Like I remember when CBD water came out and not to knock it or anything, but everyone talked about it. Everyone wanted it and all this. And we were like, what, like, what, what do we pick this and that? And like, so we have one, but it's definitely not our best selling item. And that's because people who shop with us are, are not the ones, you know, jumping necessarily on the current CBD craze. They're the ones who are really sticking with it for the health benefits, you know, because it really helps them. So for us, I think 
we always get a lot of solicitations for like the newest, coolest product, which is really cool and sometimes really great and sometimes works really well in like a boutique shop. But for us, it doesn't necessarily work well because we're always, we have a very strong customer base that um, are looking for for quality products that they really see strong effects from, right? So it you know, it wouldn't be our number one suggestion to to recommend someone to drink a CBD water every day. It's just not going to be the smartest decision for them, you know, unless they have unlimited funds, you know, it, it's not going to work out well for them. So for us, um it's really important that we always, when we're buying products and sourcing all these products, that we're always remembering, okay, well, who is that customer? Because, you know, that may be the coolest CBD product I've ever seen, but are our customers really going to buy it? The answer might be no, which has happened to us in the past. So we have a mix of different brands. We're always looking for good brands out there, you know, there's like some main originals that we've had. Um, you know, we have like one product from like the, of the original brands we were carrying, you know, like four years ago, still in the shop. And that's really cool. But, you know, we also started to work straight with like processors and farmers because it kind of, we kind of outgrew a lot of our suppliers, which was really hard for us about like a year and a half ago. Um, that we were like, hey, like, you know, we need a supply of about 20 stores. And they were like, well, we can ship you 50 of this item. And we were like, we can't take just 50, you know, we need 500. Um, so that kind of just pushed us in the direction of meeting with people. And we worked through some of the major brands that we knew to find these people. Um, so our buyer really works with them now. Um to source products and what's the newest, coolest thing. Um, we've worked with some individuals, like we're working on some partnerships now that I'm really excited about that, you know, are outside of like the cannabis or Kratom industry and they're an expert in their own industry. And we're working on, you know, making a product together, just sourcing high quality CBD. Um, so that's kind of the direction we're going in now. And again, the biggest thing for us, you know, when we're buying, I mean, we have a full-time buyer, you know, and he, you know, he needs an assistant now and all of this, and he has a whole team and all that. So it it definitely takes a lot, but the main thing for us is, is it good quality? And can we prove that? And then is it something that our customers want to buy? Because I think it is like such this, and it's so great that it's so mainstream now because it makes some things easier. But then when we're looking at, at quality, the market has kind of flooded and we're like, well, we can't try every product. You know, we get things sent left and right. And I'm like, I can't test every product and try every product. So we really got to go with, okay, what are our customers looking for? So we always keep in touch with our staff to know what the customers are looking for. Um, and really just looking at what we sell the most, like really that good quality things like lotions and oils are going to be our top sellers, not necessarily the prettiest thing out there right now. So yeah. that's always really interesting for us. Love that. Absolutely love that. Would you, would it be fair to say that you're seeing um, the traditional topicals and tinctures still among the best so- sellers? Yeah, for sure. 
I think that that's what people feel comfortable trying also to remember, like for a lot of people, um, they're not, um, like well-versed in the cannabis industry and they don't want something that feels, you know, off-putting to them in any way. So those are still by far our most popular items. And then of course you have things like hemp flour and edibles and those are so enticing and people love those, but really, you know, for our, um, customers who use it, you know, daily things like that, they're often with, you know, topicals and oils, they're not going to necessarily want to do the CBD water every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I call it, yeah, the, the fad products. I totally, yeah, exactly. I totally, I, you know, eventually this is just going to be another ingredient. And I think that mm-hmm. it's too, the, the industry is a little bit too immature to just turn it into an ingredient. I think, you know, for now, the educational focus is really yeah. to help people understand the efficacy of using plant medicines like cannabis right. sativa, which is AKA hemp right. um, or Kratom or anything like that. And I think in maybe two years, we'll start to see the craze or ingredient movement happen. But right. for now, we're just sci- mainstream science is just starting to un- unearth all of these different incredible uses for these right. plants. And we got to give the consumers some time to catch up with what we are discovering as business owners. Um, Share with me for the people who are listening, what are some of the key challenges? I mean, you're doing two things right now. Mm -hmm. You're running a brick and mortar business and you're running an online store. Yeah. Each come with their own set of challenges. This whole Mm -hmm. compliance thing certainly presented its new you know, reared a new dragon's head, but in general, what were some of the challenges that you did face or are facing right now as an e-com and physical location store? Right. So I think the same, almost as every industry, there's always the talk that like, why are you doing retail? What's the point of this? And why aren't you just doing online and everyone can do online, right? So I think the problem that you, you know, the idea of why we did both brick and mortar and online is because we didn't want to limit ourselves. Um, You know, with brick and mortar, you have a ton of problems just by having a store, you know, anything you have to do a whole lease, you have a whole landlord, every landlord is different, every lease is different, you know, you have to take care of the space, you have to pay everything around it, Um, you know. So that I think just by having a store, you have all of those issues that can happen, you know, capital intensive. Yeah. So I think that's what's hard with brick and mortar and which is why I see everyone going online. And then what you lose online is that, yeah, pretty much everyone can make an online website. Um, And I think that, you know, up until now, you couldn't really advertise CBD or Kratom. So how are you going to advertise your website? if you didn't have any stores feeding into the website. So I think you have, you know, for anyone thinking of like, do I want stores? Do I want a website? You almost have to think like, well, what are you trying to do? You know, we were trying to reach people and to reach people outside of, you know, the traditional head shop and be like, these are products that we believe would benefit you and that you're probably looking for, but literally don't know where to go or have nowhere to go. So that's what we tried to do. And I think 
for a lot of our people, it is easier to shop online. And then we have people who have ailments and we have people who, you know, do use things to assist to walk, things like that. So it's just easier to order from home if they know what they want. Um, And that's why we do work on everyone, you know, having phone etiquette and getting back, you know, to people's questions, things like that. So I think you just outside of like the cannabis industry, you have all the issues of a regular website, of a regular brick and mortar. But being inside the cannabis industry, you also have the problems that compliance is crazy. Some people say it's this. Some people say it's that. Some people are doing this because they believe in five years it's going to be that. And then the other half is doing this other thing and no one can really tell you an answer and you just have to make your own decision. So I think that's kind of like the hardest part is a lot of times you have so many conflicting things going on and um, people telling you one thing and then the next person telling you the other thing. So I think it's always important to listen to what these people say, but then to, to continue doing what works. Like it worked for us to open stores. And I'm sure if I would have pulled a hundred people, 50 would have said, don't open more stores. Retail is dying. And I'm sure the other 50 would have been like, that's a great idea. You should open more stores. And I think that by being in any business, you always have to be like, okay, well, what's working? What's going on? So like, if our website wasn't doing well, I would be like, we got to figure out something, you know? So I think that's what you always have to be doing. You have to always be looking and be like, well, what's working and what's not working and why and how can we fix it? Because regardless of what industry you're in, that will always happen. And I mean, just being in the cannabis industry, it's so confusing. (laughs) I mean, you can get just totally different advice, probably from the same person one week and the next week. (laughs) So, you know, it's just like, you have to really look at what's working. And honestly, like for us, the CBD and Kratom thing, like it was really like, well, what does the public want? Like maybe, you know, they're saying that about, you know, hemp, but like if the public, you know, really supports it, I mean, aren't we doing this for the public? So for us, it's a lot of, it's been a lot of like, okay, well, what do people want? What are they supporting? Because I'm not going to do something that no one wants. That's not going to be a good business model for me. Um, But to really like follow that instead of the experts, because sometimes, you know, they can, like I said, give you conflicting information, but you want to find like the experts that are really like, okay, well, this is your situation and this is what I suggest for you. And I think, you know, having those few good experts is really important. And then also staying really up to date on what's going on because, you know, you almost know your business the best. And I think always, you know, a lot of times I hear like, well, you know, they said that and I'm like, well, did you tell them about this? And so it's like always, you know, if you're going to get advice, which I think is totally helpful, make sure they have the full story. So you're not, you know, just feeding them the answer you want. Because I think it's really important to be like, okay, well, this is what's happening. This is what's working. And even though I might love this pet project, we can't keep doing it because it's not going to be sustainable and no one wants it. Yeah. So, you know, I say this all the time. (sighs) 
the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is having the courage to make a decision. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the hardest part. I mean, people are so indecisive. They can't just like make a decision and run yeah. in that direction and deal with the consequences. We just want it to be the right choice every time. And that's just unrealistic. So a lot of being an entrepreneur, especially in this space is your ability to pivot on a dime, yeah. change directions, no matter how fast and hard you've been running in one direction, you have to be ready to move. Yeah. I mean, we've, yeah. seen it, we've seen it over and over again, but it's just about having the courage to make the decision, be willing to fail forward because yeah. every choice that you make is getting you one step closer to where you want to be, whether it's the right choice or not. Timing is a huge piece of it too. Is like, when do you make the choice to mm-hmm. move or not to move in the right. direction that you're exactly. going. Exactly. Timing is everything. And, you know, my husband and I always talk about that. And I'm always like, you know, what if I didn't leave my job and we decided to do this full time and open up CBD Kratom and all this? Like, could we have done that now in 2019? I think it would have been a lot harder for us. So I think a lot of the time is like knowing when to act. Like, this is the time now to do this. And I, I think that's really important and oftentimes very hard to figure out, you know, and sometimes timing just doesn't work out for whatever reason. It could be a fabulous idea and the timing's not working out. So you're like, we're going to do this next year when it will be better, something like that. So I think that's, that was like a great point. You know, timing is often everything. No, it really is. Warren Buffett built his entire fortune and reputation based off of timing. He accumulates information, watches what everything and everyone is doing, selects the marketplaces that he wants to move in because he has full competency and that gives him confidence. But he watches the timing of things and makes his move then. I mean, the guy could literally buy the planet Earth if he (laughs) wanted to, but he doesn't. He just makes very strategic moves at the right time. And that's how he makes builds his business. Whereas Oprah built her entire business off of who she knows and how right. she can tell that story. It's just, a, it, there's different paths for different right. entrepreneurs, but timing will be the thing that grounds your business. It right. The rubber to the road and forces you to make the choice to either right. move or stay. Right. So I think <laughs> I, timing is impeccable. We yeah. Have, we had really similar timing in what we did with our, uh, with our online space. And because we hit it at a time where the industry was just starting to evolve and become a mainstream conversation, we grew from zero to a million followers inside of right. months and have impacted hundreds of millions around the world. So timing is everything. And just making the choice to do it before you even know what it is, like let it just organically evolve. And here mm-hmm. you are celebrating your incredible growth. What would you, in this day, they always say, if you only knew what you, if you only back then knew what you know now, how right. would you make your decisions differently? And we have a lot of budding entrepreneurs that listen to our show who are trying to navigate their way through and figure mm-hmm. out how they can capitalize from the green rush. Everybody has a different right. set of assets or skill sets. What right. would you tell yourself, you know, five years ago, seven years ago? Um, somebody in your situation who was looking at this incredible opportunity, wanted to make a move, but wasn't sure what the best steps to take, what would be two or three things that you could share with them in our segment of words of wisdom? I think it's going back to kind of what you just hit on. If I had to tell myself like five, seven years ago, what to do, especially in the screen rush, it would be 
to just jump in and try something. I mean, you were talking about timing. So, you know, maybe now is the time, but maybe someone doesn't necessarily know what they want to do in the industry yet. My suggestion would be just try something because even if you make that choice now, you can always change it. You're not going to be stuck doing that one thing. You can always change it. And I think that, you know, for myself, I, you know, I took some jobs and I was like, is this really for me? But every single position I've had, I've learned so much in, even if it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do or what I really believed in. Like I personally believe in CBD and Kratom. I've seen it help thousands of people. So I really believe in it. I can't say I felt that passionate about everything else, but I think by having other positions, I just learned so much. I mean, you just, you learn so much from everything that if you're interested in getting in this industry, I would be, I would suggest taking any job. I mean, obviously not something that you're really going to dislike and waste your time, but I think there's a learning opportunity in anything. And if you like this industry, if, or if you like a specific company, but they don't have, you know, that buyer position open and you really want that, but they have something else open, like maybe social media and you know how to do that, you can take it because you can always move to do something else, but you shouldn't ever lose out on learning from any opportunity. If you think that there's something valuable in that company or that position or just the industry as a whole, you should jump in and do it because I think a lot of people, like you said, that, or I don't know if you said, but kind of alluded to that, you know, there was waiting for the right time or the right thing to do something. And like that almost never happens. Nothing ever perfectly aligns. You kind of have to push it yourself. So if you know you want to be somewhere in five, 10 years, you might not have the straight pathway there because that doesn't exist. It's never, it's never easy and it's never straight. So, you know, I really think for anyone, especially in this industry, like now is a great time to just take any position and learn about it. And if you have a specific company you like, take a position there and it could be anything. It could be a store associate. And if you want to do better there, and, you know, you have this drive, I, you know, I think you can do it. I think a lot of it depends on someone deciding to make that choice to do it. And I, I think a lot of people are always hesitant. And I think that's, that's the struggle. I mean, I know for sure I've missed out on stuff by just like not making a decision, I'm sure. So I think now I would say is the time and you know, I think if someone is really interested, they should just do it. I couldn't have said it better myself. As a matter of fact, when I'm over here, like taking notes, (laughs) saying like, how am I, I wanted, you know, I always add my little words of wisdom here at the end. So you could not have left it on a better um, train because my contribution today is episode of words of wisdom. And you guys, if you're listening, make sure you take notes because she just dropped some heat on y'all. Um, but I'm going to pick it up where you left off in the just do it and the idea of just doing it. Everybody I, that I know who's asking me, Sonia, how can I get in? Sonia, what, you know, where are the opportunities? What should I do? I have this. What can I do? The thing is, is that you just got to do it. Analysis paralysis is your biggest enemy when doing anything. If you try and figure out if the sky is going to be blue or green tomorrow, you're going to miss it out. 
If yeah. you're paying attention to whether that's a sun or a moon in the sky, you're going to miss the opportunity. If you're trying to decide if a bumblebee can be an ant, it you are going to miss the opportunity. The details are not the decision. It is not the decision. The de- right. the um, opportunity that you are looking for is right in front of you. It's unfolding in multiple ways. And the thing that you should leverage to help you decide what your entry point is, is your unique skill sets and your unique passion. This is, so the idea of just doing it is like, search for the opportunities that you feel like would make you most excited and go for them. There's probably 10 of them right now. Go down the line and find your position and how you can bring value to an existing company if you don't have a business yourself. Um, There are tons and tons of ways for you to develop the necessary skill sets you need to thrive in this organization and or in this industry as a whole. And chances are, if you are a working adult who's held a job or managed a family, your skill sets are going to be useful for this infant industry. And then the final thing I will give you, and this is probably the most important piece of anything that I could say to you, don't give yourself another job for the sake of having a job and getting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. You can do that in any corporate setting in the country, in the world right now, if you want to. There's plenty of jobs available, plenty of competition. Um, In this industry though, You have a unique opportunity while you're making the corporate to cannabis jump. You have a unique opportunity to really create a lifestyle by design. Look at the different holes that are in the industry right now. There's, uh, if you're a lawyer, there's opportunity for you to tailor your current skill sets to come into manage compliance for companies. If you're an accountant, Lord knows we go through the audits. We need your help. If you're a bookkeeper, we need you in-house. If you are a nurse, we need your medical background. If you're a doctor, we need you helping our patients understand how to use products just like this to transform our lives. No matter what you have done, customer service, HR, or just worked as a supporting role in a restaurant, you have a necessary set of skills and you should really think about what kind of life you want to be living and what kind of value you can bring into this marketplace with the most amount of leverage so that you can get that law of reciprocation, right? The law of reciprocity says that the value you bring in will be what is returned to you. So think about what, how you want to live, how often you want to work, what kind of life you want to provide for your family and select the entry point based off of that. This is your opportunity to transform the way that you feel and function, but also contribute to the way that the next generation is going to see and experience this incredible life. So take responsibility. And at the end of the day, it's time to make a decision. Just jump. Just to do it. So those are my words of wisdom. The final thought that I want to brush on, and I, um, I think it's a really important subject to talk about. Minorities are missing in this industry. And there's, for me, not enough women who take ownership of their power and role that they play in this space. You're a CEO, co-founder of an, you know, very successful business. I want to hear a little bit about what that's like for you as a woman entrepreneur in this industry. What Mm -hmm. do you feel like you have a certain responsibility to uphold or a certain set of goals um, to lay a path for other women or girls that want to come into this space? Definitely. I think that there's always added pressure almost 
when I go into a meeting, people are always, you know, surprised to see um, a woman in a position that I am. I think it's just something that, you know, is you just always expect it to be this, you know, guy sitting up there. So I think I feel it almost every day. And sometimes it's a great experience that you meet other, you know, business owners who are women and, you know, you share stories, things like that. But then I go into a meeting and I feel like I'm underestimated or I feel like I need to, you know, really overcompensate because I am a woman. So I think that for me, I've always tried to, with my husband, we've always tried to split up responsibilities, but also um, let each other speak in every meeting so that people know, you know, it is, we are co-earners, we make decisions together. Um, And so I think that's something really important too, because I think a lot of times, you know, I've always been like, I want to run the world and do it all myself. And, you know, I, I, you can't do that. I can't do everything myself and be Wonder Woman and all of that. You know, it's simply impossible. So I think that it's really important. I really want people to see, you know, me as a woman in a high position, but also know that you can get support too. You know, I, I feel like I always hear people and they're always like, oh, like, how do you do it all and stuff? And I'm like, I have support. There's no way I could do this on my own. That's simply impossible. So I think that's one of the biggest things I've also seen from like a lot of my good friends. You know, they're always like, I got to do this. And, you know, I have a lot of determined friends and, you know, that work 24 seven and all of this. And I'm always like, man, we don't have to meet these like insane goals that we give ourselves. You know, we've, you know, I almost want to, you know, go back to like myself, like you were talking about five, seven years ago that, you know, I wish I was like, let's get some, you know, some great goals that I can meet. You know, a lot of times I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. And I, I want to be on this board or that board. And I want people to see me and, you know, I want to be on, you know, most influential business women and things like that. And it's all fine and dandy, but it's a lot of work. So I think that it's really important for me to see, for me to know that people see me and that they know that they can get here as well. And they can be business owners and have, you know, big companies and things like that, but also know that they, they can do that with support and it doesn't make it any less special because no one's done it on their own. That's simply just not true that someone (laughs) did it on their own, regardless of their gender or anything. It's just, it, you always need a good team around you. And, you know, I think as, as a woman, it's always really nice for me to know, like, I love when we have like our training managers or management meetings and people come in and you always see a variety of genders in the room. And I think that's, that's just really important because for us, you always want to be comfortable, you know, like you don't want to go to a place that you're not comfortable. And I think if you don't have diversity, then you, you miss out on a lot of talent because someone just might not feel comfortable working there. So that's actually something that we really strive to do though. We make sure we have diversity so that we can have the best of the best because I don't, I don't want to just be one thing and nothing else because that it's kind of ridiculous. I want us to be known as being diverse and having the best people together to make these decisions and have the best CBD and Kratom shops out there. So, you know, I think that that's the biggest thing for me. I think that 
I want people to know that as a woman, you can get to be the CEO. You should definitely, if you have the talent and the drive to do so, but don't do it on your own because it's, it's just impossible and it's too hard and there's no reason for it. There should be people that support you. And I, I fully believe in that. I think that your support team is everything and that you should surround yourself with people that want what's best for you or best for your company, whatever, whatever your relationship is with them, you should be working for the betterment of something else rather than obviously just yourself, because I don't think you'll get very far. Can't be the CEO of your own damn self. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think 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 you can, but that's not, it's not going to work long-term. So the the chief operating officer of own, you know, like the chief executive officer of my own damn self, like uh, you have to have a board and your board supports you. (laughs) I love that. I love it. What a great, I mean, for me, that's the woman's wisdom is knowing, is knowing that our biggest strength is in Mm -hmm. our support system and there's nothing ego about it. You know, it's just very much recognizing that having a solid team gives you the leverage that you need to bring the most value into the marketplace that you serve. And I'm so honored and just really excited to meet you. I, for one, think that you'll definitely make it to goals like (laughs) a most influential woman and all of that stuff. I think we're going to see a new kind of, um, a new kind of person featured in roles like that. So I think it's really exciting and I can't wait to uh, continue our friendship and continue to share your guys's journey. Where can people find you if they want more information about your stores or products? So they can find us at CBD Kratom and Kratom is K-R-A-T-O-M shops.com. That is our website. Um, Also, anyone who lives in St. Louis, Dallas, Houston, or Chicago, please visit one of our stores. Um, I think that is the best example of who we are. I think it's a great experience. Just make sure you have about a half hour to browse around um, and talk to the associates because I think that really can can give you a good experience that you won't find somewhere else. Um, and you know, we always reach out to emails as well. So if you want to email us a question, you can email us at cbdkratom at gmail.com. Amazing. All of the social handles and websites will be listed right here inside of this blog, along with show highlights and show notes from today's interview. We are super excited to um, be able to just share your story and talk a little bit about what's happening behind the scenes in this incredible industry. Daphna, is there any final words before we finish today's interview? I just want to thank you. This was definitely more enjoyable and definitely not as stressful as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. So I'm not always good at, you know, public speaking and all that. So if I said anything crazy, please forgive me. But um, it was definitely very enjoyable. And thank you for inviting me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Hey, guys, thanks so much for being a part of this incredible community. We live to serve you and helping you understand the truth about cannabis and hemp and other natural remedies that you can use to transform the way that you feel and function on a daily basis, and also to help inspire how you're going to care for the people that you love, yourselves, your family, your friends, and the conditions that they may be suffering from 
or just taking care of that beautiful gift of life that you already have if you are healthy and thriving. If you are a person looking for products that you can depend on to deliver the results you're looking for, check us out on medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding entrepreneur or established business and you are hitting any one of the roadblocks that we discussed today, go ahead and check us out at the Emerald Circle for the tools, tips, tricks, resources, and relationships that you need to grow and thrive in this incredible and yet challenging industry. I'm your host with the most, Sonia Gomez, and I will see you guys on the next episode of The Hemp Revolution. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution. And we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.